I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Whites, your professional coach, making sure that you get nothing less than a spectacular life in both business and in your personal dreams. I'm here with Keith Nelson. Hi, Keith. Hi. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Keith. Keith Nelson's dynamic systems work crosses boundaries between developmental psychology, educational psychology, communication disorders, linguistics, art education, dynamic systems, cognitive psychology, creativity, environmental toxins, and evolution. Keith has been honored by two Fulbright Research Fellowships. His academic foundations include a BA from Harvard, a PhD from Yale, and stimulating experiences as a collaborative faculty member at Stanford, graduate faculty of New School for Social Research, and Penn State University. He is the CEO of Eagle Spirits Creative Breakthroughs, which concentrates on books, software, workshops, courses, and consulting on fostering creativity in any field. Keith has written a book called Breakthroughs to Help Inspire People to Get Unstuck and includes simplistic strategies and tips to move on to their creative breakthroughs. Wow, that, you know, it's so interesting, Keith, with all this work in education, sometimes education is at odds with what they teach in the academic world. Um, what, what has caused you to be very academia heavy and creativity heavy? Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a journey with, you know, many steps along the path. What One of the things that I discovered early on when I first started teaching at Stanford uh, was how much my students had to teach me. Mm. So I knew nothing about sign language. And I had two wonderful students who were just so interested in that. And we learned so much about it. And eventually we ended up with even more collaborators, you know, across the globe working on sign language incorporated in teaching software for kids, deaf kids who were like way, way behind. I mean, incredibly behind. Some mm -hmm. deaf kids who at 11 or 12 couldn't read a single phrase or sentence. Oh, goodness. So whatever simplistic ways of trying to teach them for five or six years had taught them nothing. And, you know, you can fill out some multiple choice answers or whatever, right? Without knowing anything, but gee, not to monitor, to see what you thought would work with those kids. is just, I'm 
it was just heart stopping. It was it, it was just really mind blowing and depressing. But thank God, by combining really good fluent sign language teachers, get you know, who really could relate to the kids and had excellent personalities and patience with the kid, made it fun. And the software itself, you know, was obviously for deaf people because it had sign language on it. It's <laughs> yeah. something they'd never seen before. Well, that's, you know, that's one way of looking at creativity. Can you introduce something into your own life or into somebody else's life that has never occurred before, right? Mm -hmm. And productive, you know, that's constructive. It takes you someplace that you would like to go. Maybe you don't need to go as much as kids need to learn literacy. Um, but, you know, shake it up. And uh, you read, you know, you read lots of different fields that I've uh been involved with and different collaborators. And I think that I've been very fortunate because I found just enough people in each of those fields, whether it's communication disorders or technology and computers um, um, and uh, all kinds of creativity courses themselves who were eager to get out of their silos. They were mm -hmm. eager to see what somebody else could open their eyes to. And so that's one key that I emphasize in the Breakthroughs book, is that by looking at lots of ways in which very different people have gotten out of their silos, have gotten out of being really stuck. It might be for rehab after stroke. It might be for doing something that really changes the habitat, you know, of, uh, beautiful tropical birds or monarchs or whatever uh, ocean going creatures in a way that nobody else has been able to uh, achieve by looking at the way in which simplistic approaches are failing and not just like giving up, but trying new experiments and then monitoring whether they work or not. That's hard to do. If you have a bright idea, Jody, yeah, and you plunge into it, and you devote a lot of time, maybe you devote some money to it, you're convinced it's going to work. And oh, uh, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Yeah, we've got to look over our own shoulder because just yeah. because we're convinced it's, it's going to work doesn't mean that we don't find out and find out fairly soon whether what we thought would work would work. Yeah. If it is working, then we can pat ourselves on, on the back yeah. and say, well, isn't this great? And we'll spread this around and get more people to use, you know, something that really is working and that's novel, that's original, that's creative. But if it's an awfully good idea in our mind and it's not working, okay, let's be modest enough, humble enough to say, well, what went wrong here? What do we have to mix in? Yeah. What do we have to combine maybe with some kernels of a good idea to actually create a new mix of conditions that could really get, get getting the... Uh, you know the progress we want to see yeah now you know it's interesting i love i love the fact that you are mentioning collaborative work but let's start with the individual and you know we have patterns we have the same thoughts we have the same ways of doing things how do we recognize or how do we get unstuck how do we first recognize that we're stuck before it gets tested on 
family, friends, a target market, etc., to really optimize creativity? Well, that's uh, that's very important. Uh, sometimes we just get lucky. Somebody else comes along and says, "Keith, are you sure that makes any sense?" <laughs> and I, I, I didn't know I was stuck, yeah. but if I try to be open enough and look for new sources of input and new situations that I'll be a novice in there, you know, so that I, I, I don't feel that I already know what to do, then, then that attitude of openness and inviting outside observation of who I am and what I'm doing and does it make sense. So going from stuck to unstuck, sometimes takes years because people have uh, devoted so much time, often professors like me, and often people in big corporations, um, people in schools who have a lot of expertise. I mean, genuine expertise. They know the territory. They know lots of things. But if a bunch of really smart, dedicated, experienced people come together and they say, okay, what's our plan here? Sometimes it's easy to fall into simplicity, we'll choose the best plan. Okay, I'm gonna hold up my finger, the very best plan. Why would we not provide the best plan? I mean, you know, let's just do the best thing. Yeah. But if you do try to do the best thing and then you forget all the other things, very good ideas of somebody down the hall, you know, or in a slightly different corporation or organization has. If you ignore those alternative ideas, then it's easy not to spend any resources monitoring, really rigorously monitoring how things are going. So one of the, in the Breakthroughs book, again and again, there are ways in which we see that people begin to monitor and look at the complexity of the situation. And if something's stuck, then figure out, I like to use my fingers as a kind of a model. Many things usually have to come together to produce an insight into my own behavior so that I can be more creative myself or mm. I can be more patient and constructive with others, whatever the changes that I would like to see. If I try just a couple of things, right, I'm confident they're going to work um, and they're not working, my ego may say, well, they ought to be working. I'll just do the work. <laughs> right. It's it's worked for me before in the past. Why is it working for me now? Now <laughs> you were yes. mentioning, yeah. um, you know, to get some outside involvement, to get some outside opinions, um, which is a great idea to do now. Um, and, and we can ask colleagues, we can ask family members, friends, but again, a, a particular target market. Um, and I wanna just um, go back to monitoring because monitoring you said, or is a way to see whether it is working that, and when we have a structure in place to check on something, you know, once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever the period of time, we get feedback very quickly. How would you recommend, or give me an example of how you would monitor 
an idea. For example, the sales of, of your software product and whether it's getting bought by the right target market or the advertising and the message is getting out. Yeah, well, I think uh, one good example, again, comes from the area of special education. Uh, because I played racquetball, right? <laughs> you know, let yourself be open to surprises, outside influences. Because I played racquetball with a guy I helped recruit to Penn State in communication disorders. Um, then we ended up being good friends and just talking about what we're doing. And uh, I really had never looked closely at the literature on kids who are six years old, let's say, six or seven years old, but they're still talking like three-year-olds. Mm. I mean, a big language delay that affects the way they interact with parents, with peers, and everything about school, right? Um, and the kind of the default, the silo assumption for these kids was they must have something broken in their brain. Language yeah. is easy to yeah. learn. There must be something mm. broken in the brain. Mm. The way in which... Uh, treatment was delivered to these kids assumed that they're very soul learners and it kind of dumbed things down and it so we got some money uh, from national institutes of health because we reviewed well how are people monitoring these treatments what we found was we couldn't find a single we found zero studies oh, that goodness. really well done to monitor whether a kid who'd been through the language therapy was now better able to interact at school with their friends and with their family. Mm. Not a single one. Everybody assumed that what was happening in a treatment room, the games they were playing and so mm. forth, had to be working. It was designed by experts. Mm. Goodness. Goodness. <laughs> and so, and so uh, we uh, showed in the experimental work that the standard treatment was wasting the kids' time. Mm. And at the same time, we innovated, I hinted at this before with the deaf kids, very conversationally based um, treatment interaction. If a kid wants to talk about dinosaurs or sports or, or uh, dolls, or, you know, whatever they want to talk about, then you follow their lead. You mm. don't assume that you can have a, a preset list of things you're going to cover and the way you're going to talk about them, right? I didn't have a preset list of how I'm going to talk to you. Right. And I'm sure you had some ideas, but you know, if we're having a rich conversation, then it's because we're actually listening and responding to the other person. Well, that's a special trick of mixing things together with Ordinary kids who don't need treatment and kids who do need treatment. Yeah. The engagement. Yeah. Get the engagement. Follow the meaning. If you follow the meaning, then the mathematics or the reading or the writing or the science will come into play. The kid will then have uptake of what you're presenting. It's relevant. It's relevant because the kid has just expressed something about what they care about, right? Right. They're jumping yeah. off the chair and they're ready to talk about it. And so you don't go to your list of things to do. You go to the interaction, but you, you know more. It's yeah. a combination of all those things about engagement, recognizing and respecting and enjoying the conversation. Well, that's... With, with challenges, with challenges. Yeah. 
that's the trick. You can be a very engaging person with a kid, but if you don't have the challenges that they need to learn, then and so that combination. Yeah. And I, you know, it, and first of all, it, it's great that you dug a little deeper into how is it being monitored? And it, it really sounds like then you had to, you know, devise a plan of, of outcomes. We want this child to be able to talk to somebody who's not, um, you know, challenged with their communication to have a communication let's assume that they you know they're they want to learn they want to engage with other kids they you know we have these assumptions and we let them take the lead on the conversation so you know it, it really sounded like you really had to kind of uh, you know shift or pivot the the you know, where you wanted to go with this, what, again, you wanted as an outcome. Now, yep. um, yeah, I love what, pivot. pardon me? I love that word pivot, you know, it's significant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, e exactly. It, if it's not, if things aren't, if they're not where you're at, you've got to really look at how it's being done and the assumptions that are being made. Um, now, what about, again, um, bringing this down to, again, making things simple in our own daily lives about what we're making assumptions with. And, and how do we become aware of that to become more creative with the things we're doing that that may or may not be working? Because stuckness, we reach a level of frustration and we don't move past that. So for Anybody in, in, you know, dealing with things in their life or dealing with things in business, how would you simplify that? Well, in some ways, I'm going to say something that simplifies things, but in another way, I'm going to complexify things. <laughs> I, I will We're not, not off the hook totally, right, Keith? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, uh, seriously trying to analyze as many conditions as possible. We can't analyze everything, but we usually, if we have the mindset of paying attention to more complexity, to things that we might have suspected were peripheral, but maybe they're not, maybe they're coming in. And maybe, you know, whether it's an adult who's trying to get something out of a creativity course or workshop, I, I, I've taught many, many, uh, sessions and uh when i first start a course or a workshop then it's almost always the case there's some adults in there who say i'm not creative you know mm, right I, I can't draw i can't play an instrument right I, yeah and i'm just in in no way creative but um by showing that other people who are in the same course in the same situation are taking advantage and are creating and in very different ways, then uh, it's it's remarkable to see how your own expectation of yourself can shift. Mm. And if that happens multiple times, then after a while, you develop a sense of what, you know, some psychologists like to call self-efficacy. You believe that even if you've never tried to fly a jet plane, or 
play the cello or whatever it may be, or start a business, that if you go into it with enthusiasm and an open mind to see what's, you know, what's happening and, and experimenting and adjusting, that you you can do just almost anything. Maybe you'll not instantly become a world expert, but right. you can do amazing things, right? And uh, so making sure that our frame for analyzing, observing includes emotions, includes attitudes, it includes knowledge about a specific area, like how do you get financing? How do you market something? How do you uh, uh, bring challenges to a, a kid, right? So certainly structural, specific, relevant information combined with ways of helping yourself and other people really take in what's going on and then adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. In the, in the Breakthroughs book, there's an example of a guy who started protein bars, right? Mm. Because he was a biker in California and he thought all the bars that he was encountering were pretty crappy. Mm. And fellow bikers thought the same. And they didn't seem to help with energy. Uh, that <laughs> no. they, they take well, if like, you can't get it down, Keith, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have the energy, uh, right? Uh, if you can't even uh, eat it. <laughs> so so he he decided, what the heck? I'm gonna try it. And he'd never been a cook or anything, but he got his mother's Cuisinart, um, and he started experimenting. And whatever he picked up, you know, he would try and he would try with other bikers and i think he tried you know about 85 variations wow. and he got honest feedback he you know he made sure that people didn't just tell you hey yeah this is this is a great bar just because you're my friend right and uh so he kept going until he had something that uh really tasted good and that you know worked well and you know so then he had a success and then he sold out and had a bigger financial success and he he went on to other things right. uh, but but you know a, a level of how many things do you experiment with yeah you know it may, it may seem like oh my gosh that would be so wasteful to try many different things right right why not why not decide on the one best thing you know um it it would be so satisfying if you could do that right mm. But that that's wishful thinking yeah. you know yeah that that one idea that you have in your mind is is going to work so it sounds like what you're recommending is is you know when you set up an experiment to create something try different ideas if going back to the art um or let's say music form you know let's say you love classic rock and roll well listen to other influences to come up with perhaps a, a new a new song that you're going to write and include those things for stimulation well it, well i i totally agree with that jody and one of the ways of uh, thinking about this is we all have patterns in the brain from our before uh, if i walk into a course and somebody walks into a course with me we walk in with what we already know, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, so how, how do we expand the base of what we know? How do we bring in new patterns that might not be helpful to us, but if we're actively bringing in new patterns from wherever, 
then that means we've changed the foundations in our brain for whatever we're going to do next. And one of the things that I emphasize in the book and that I truly believe in for everybody is going into nature. Mm. Going into nature is mm. an open mind of discovery, awe, relating, you know, directly with creatures when you encounter them, observing closely. And if you do that repeatedly, then those patterns from nature are in your brain. And so you then might look at, oh, well, this is an organization. It's not nature, but maybe I've learned something from how nature patterns work that would allow me to experiment with my organization in ways that nobody else is thinking about. Mm. Yeah. And it seems like a big leap, but uh, it really works. It really works. And it, it, it can be any kind of a plunge into something that you don't know about. From my own personal experience, I lived in New York City before uh, I came to Penn State out here in cow country. I live on a farm now with my mm. wife, two mm. dogs, and Lovely. two goats. Lovely. And so I, I can practice what I preach here because even at home, I can walk out and in two minutes, I'm out in nature and I, I see bobcats, I see herons, I see mm. all kinds of, of, of creatures. And uh, you just, once you have the habit of exploring new things and actively mindfully reflecting on, hey, is there something about that music I learned or the art that I learned or the, the nature, the, the patterns of, what, what critters are doing in nature actively saying hey is there a connection to this and for me living in new york i just explored little galleries and art museums i just kind of ate it's like a banquet of art around mm, nice. me I ate, I ate it and ate yeah. it and for a while i didn't do anything but i ended up at penn state and there was a summer course uh studio course for undergraduates and so i was the one old guy relative to them in the course and i just plunged in and the the guy who was teaching the course didn't think i was <laughs> a big fool which was uh and it turns out that the way i painted reflected abstract artists mm. affected for the most part and so i was doing some pretty abstract not totally unrelated to you know images and nature and so forth but very abstract and so he grabbed me by the hand and he drew me into his office. He said, Keith, look at this. And he started pulling out. He had, you know, maybe 50 paintings of his own in, in racks. He said, look at this one. Look at this one. And so he was sharing, you know, what he loved to do. Mm. And all kinds of new patterns that might fit in his words. And he give me art books. He said, oh, take this, take this book about this artist's home. I think uh, I think you'll really enjoy it and learn something from it. Yeah. And, and what once I like to use the word snowball sometimes for when we really have progress, where what we're doing next week or not next month or the next year has really built to the point where we're doing powerful new creative work and we have confidence in it and we're enjoying it and our enjoyment 
just keeps snowballing so that we know it's going to be enjoyable. <laughs> right. But well, part- you know, by by snowballing, you're all, you know, you're constantly experiencing new things. I mean, again, in nature, nature changes, you know, a, a tree will, will lose its leaves and it'll grow and have different colors. And that's all wonderful input. You know, again, if you're in the city and, and exposing yourself to different artistic creations, that will snowball and change yourself. So I, I love I love the way you're recommending that just step out in nature, be open, see what you notice. Um, I know a lot of my clients when I coach them and they're stuck is to get out and to get out and look around. Don't plan, don't add to your to-do list, but simply just admire the color of flowers that are around you outside or the way a building is painted or designed and um, as a way just to let stuff go and to invite new thinking. I I totally agree with that. And I think uh, you express that very well. I think that by definition, if you step outside the usual patterns of effort for a while, I mean, maybe a significant time. I'm wearing a hat from Aruba. Oh, oh, it's a nice hat <laughs> for those of you who are listening. Yeah. And, oh, uh, Aruba's beautiful. Yeah. And I love it because I've had multiple trips down to the Caribbean, including with my daughter and with my wife. And uh, if you spend a week on a sailboat or a week on mm. an island or two weeks, right? By definition, if you really put down stuff, you're not constantly on a cell phone trying to, you know, keep keep the work going. If you really let yourself be in, in those new circumstances, by definition, then you won't have recent efforts and recent frustrations in your way. It mm. allows you to come back with new patterns in your head, but also you're almost certain to notice some things about what you've been doing that Mm. probably are not optimal. (laughs) Right. You know, when you quiet the mind, you know, we're, we're talking about mindfulness. It can be through meditation, can be through, again, being in a place that's very different than a farm in Pennsylvania, (laughs) like Aruba. But you do, you, you're, you know, you get information in a very subconscious way that's very useful. And with intention, you can create many things as well and, and shift to uh, say, I'm even just to say, I am open to new ideas. I am open universe to new ideas that those will come. Yes, and, and again, back to the possible snowball effect, positive mm. cascades or snowballs. If you let yourself be that open and then you experience, you know, joy, breakthroughs, you know, mm. breakthroughs to accomplishments, uh, then uh, it gives you confidence that it's worth your time. I like to use a figure, yeah, just kind of 
almost random. I could choose other figures. But if you have big projects that you're working on this week, work on them 80% of the time. And 20% of the time, do something very different. Mm. Right? Good idea. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even for people who like to take some time for meditation, like to take some time to do something different, 20% is a big chunk of time. It mm. seems like, wouldn't that be wasteful? Wouldn't that slow down my progress? And I can just say from personal experience and watching other people, I think that it always pays you back. It always mm. pays you in terms of progress on what you consider your main goals, you know, right now for the next week or the next month or the next year. Um, and further, it opens your mind and it builds up new patterns. It makes you a more knowledgeable person so that wherever you go, including some things that you might never have thought you would, you know, you know, try, try to contribute to that. Now you're, you have a bigger toolkit your your mind has expanded right yeah that's a, you know that is a great idea just to invite new experiences invite new learnings um and and you know let that 80 percent. yeah things have got to get done but do this to well round the rest of your life and invite new ideas to that 80% or you're going to be going down that same thinking pattern path. Now, your book looks really interesting. It's called Breakthroughs to Help Inspire People to Get Unstuck. And um, I would love for our listeners to find out how they can get a hold of that book and how they can contact you if, uh, they'd like to check out your workshops um, or other musings. Right, right. Well, the, the book is easy to find as an ebook, you know, or as a paperback on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and many, many, many other books. So, so that's, that's straightforward. Just be sure that you search for the, the full title, Breakthroughs, you know, the full title and my name, Keith Nelson, because there are some other books uh, called breakthroughs but okay. you make sure you make the search specific then it, it'll come right up and there are a bunch of reviews uh many of which are 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 pretty exciting to me because yeah. of ways in which different people talk about the way in which they they found it significant and inspiring mm, great and, and helpful and uh this may be uh, some place on information you put out but my email is a great way to reach me and it's just my name keith nelson a-r-t keith nelson art at gmail great and i'm very responsive i love to get input i uh, i like to get input that tells me what a fool i am <laughs> I'm write a book Every, and not talk about their way of approaching right. everybody has an opinion right keith <laughs> well and it's it's good it's collaborative right where yeah, uh, yeah. people have an idea right but that well, that's I, yeah well i was just going to say another metaphor that i uh, use in introducing early in the book i say uh, think of it as a journey to many different mm. islands, many different places, mm. right? 
there's a very wide range of different contexts, different people, different problems, and the ways in which they got unstuck. Mm. It's important to remember how they got stuck as mostly by overconfidence and simplistic thinking and existing too much in a silo of, you know, just a few people who talk to each other. Um, but many different ways. It's dynamic processes. So there are many different ways in which you might meet a new collaborator or think of a new experiment, but always, always mixing in the feedback and the monitoring so that you don't trap yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful to get really excited and really confident about mm -hmm. Um, But why do we try two or three things at once? Mm right and we have feedback on each of them then we're going to very soon get a notion are are they all three working about the same or is there one that maybe surprises us most that so far is working well and then we say well what else could we mix in that we yeah. didn't think about right yeah you know i like i like the aspect of again building community and that community may be two or three people that mm -hmm. can give you input that can also recommend ways that we can, again, um, create or produce whatever we're doing, but with those maybe out of very out of the box ideas that make a much richer experience for you as you create, but will create or will produce a much richer outcome. So, um, which I is- have, I have a very specific example of that which is I am currently collaborating with an engineer who has done a lot with the environment, helping to create arguments and legal cases that bring justice in the environmental world, mm. but especially helping people become entrepreneurs. So that's mm. um, uh, and very, very original guy and very good at, you know, finding collaborators. Another guy is a life coach hmm. who, um, you know, just loves helping individuals find new paths that, that are satisfying to them. And then I have, you know, all the background that, that I have, which is for the most part different than both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we uh, had a workshop, a couple of workshops with high school juniors and seniors who are uh, going into math and science and so forth. And they come to uh, Penn State and they don't know what our workshop will be about. And we surprise them. <laughs> we, we don't we don't lecture them. <laughs> oh. We don't say, okay, here's everything you need to know in an hour. No we, curriculum or well, it's, it's, light it's, curriculum. It's a curriculum of discovering your own openness and creativity. Mm. So one of the opening exercises has been Okay, welcome everybody. Uh, now, what I'd like you to do is to stand up and uh, take off uh, a shoe, throw it up onto the the stage. Show, throw one shoe up on the front, right? and uh, people who are just kind of sitting there <laughs> begin to have fun. They begin to think, "Oh, something different might happen here." Oh yeah, and and so then they come up. And uh, of course, there's just one shoe for everybody. And so they end up forming teams 
by finding who has their shoe and so forth. So, oh, good one. Yeah. So That's that that had no idea they would be working together. Yeah. That that's great. And and you know, because they don't know. And normally when we pick partners, it's somebody who we think thinks like us, right? Yeah. And the shoe exercise, you it, it's gonna be somebody right. totally different. All right. Keith okay. Yeah. Okay. So one more example from okay. that. So we asked them to do something uh, creative together. Uh, yeah. yeah. They had never done anything together before that they would share with the class. One team came up to the front and they created on the whiteboard up there a little bit of drawing and they had a guy lying on his back and they had a woman playing God. And so it was sort mm. of a new vision of the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, Michael, that's what I thought of, yeah. Yeah, and it just... <laughs> Love it. Anybody Love. doing that in a, you know, about an hour workshop, yeah. the fact that they, they work with each other, they respected each other, they listened to each other, and they conveyed something which was magical for the whole group. And if that's not an illustration that we all have, creative impulses that can go far, 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 but we've got to create the conditions that make use of those. Abs absolutely. Well, Keith, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I have so many ideas and thinking about how I'm going to change things up. Um, and again, Amazon for Keith Nelson's book on breakthroughs to help inspire people to get unstuck and wow. that is the way you can do that i will put your email in the show notes and um thank you so much for taking this time to chat great and hold this up because it shows he's subtitle. holding up his book for those listeners uh but it, it's a great yeah looks like a great book all right keith you take care and um, thank you so much again for your time. Oh, my goodness. I, I enjoyed it so much. I think we have so many complimentary things. Mm. And I'm going to go away thinking in some new ways myself. So thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.